0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Baudrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to learn about commercial property investing and join our real estate family. We get the best people in the industry to give you straightforward and practical advice that you can actually use in your investing. And in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you what I learned a couple of weeks ago when I was at the Real Estate Guys Summit on Sand. It's the same summit that I shared about two years ago that was phenomenal, and I recommended every single one of you to go i hope some of you were there uh and if not i hope you guys all go next year these people are phenomenal and i highly highly recommend you going just to meet the people so there will be a lot of information today and as always keep in mind that none of this is advice for you it's not a recommendation etc use all of this information at your own risk not only for this episode, for every single episode. It's too bad that we all have to put these disclaimers, but that's where we live. So I'm going to try to break it down into a few sections and make it very smooth for you guys. Again, there's a lot of information here, so make sure to digest, listen to this podcast, Go to the uh, written page of this podcast, which will be under show notes because there's a lot of really valuable information that you should keep and really study. I'm going to start with what do they think is next with regards to real estate. Doug Duncan, the senior vice president and chief economist at Fannie Mae was there and he said that basically, the trend moving forward is that if people have to go to work only two or three times a week, a two-people household will want a four-bedroom home so that both can have their own office. Also, they might be open to buying further out because they are okay commuting a little bit longer, but only two or three times a week. So this is great information for us to think outside of major metro areas, because, again, not only people want bigger homes, but they're also comfortable commuting to work. Doug also shared his three rules of forecasting, which, to me, at this point in time, is not eye-opening, but some of you who might be starting to learn about all these things might have your mind blown, but his forecasting rules are, if you give a date, don't give a number. If you give a number, don't give a date. If you get it right, don't act surprised. The theme here is that nobody really knows what's happening. (laughs) However, they do analyze a lot of numbers, and one of the things that he also claimed is that there is not going to be a huge flood of foreclosures because these are the four things that will happen before they go into foreclosure. Number one, the job market will be back. Number two, Fannie and Freddie will help them adjust their payments as the job market gets back. Number three, even if Fannie and Freddie does not help them, they very likely have enough equity for them to sell the property if needed and move somewhere else. And number four, if all of these three things fail, then they will foreclose. So it's unlikely that there will be a huge number of foreclosures happening as we come back. Lastly, what he shared is that if you are looking at getting a loan with Fannie, you should always tie your project into affordability, affordable units, and also consumer protection. Moving on to another incredible speaker at the summit, Tom Wheelwright, he is a CPA and he is a Rich Dad advisor. He is a big time CPA, guys. He charges $100,000 for people to work with him. So don't take what he shares lightly, which is the following. California people, pay attention. There is a new proposal out there that if you die, your heirs will get 8% of your net worth, 8% and all of this is hidden in beautiful language that very few people understand. So there is also a proposal that if you transfer your property from your name to an LLC or to a trust, that will be a taxable event. So this will have significant implications on your properties if you don't put them in a trust this year. Note that this has not passed yet, but if it passes in September this year, everyone will be working on getting their trust set up, and guess what? You just might miss the boat because all the attorneys will be very, very busy. There is also a new law that went into effect, again, very quietly on January 1st, 2021. It's called the CTA, it's a new law for LLCs to provide a bunch of things to the government. So here's how they have worded it to make it sound like it's a good thing. The Corporate Transparency Act, CTA, was enacted on January 1st, 2021, as part of a National Defense Authorization Act, creating a federal beneficial ownership registry applicable to corporations, limited liability companies, and most partnerships. You should check with your team what you need to start providing. I will be doing my homework on that as well because I, I this is the first time I hear about it. So let's keep each other posted. Moving on to other things that people said throughout the summit. Never take your eyes off your numbers. Never, ever, ever, no matter how successful you are, get a bookkeeper and meet him or her twice a month. This is very important. There are ups and downs all along the way, no matter which asset class. So I am not alone. You are not alone. Car wash, roof caving, it happens to everybody. (laughs) Sell the bottom 10% of your properties, the ones that are least performing. Eliminate the idea of balance. Just be very present wherever you are. Think about one thing that if you did it, would have the greatest impact on your life. If you are a syndicator always put your own salary as an expense item in case something happens to you someone else will need to be hired and you need to budget for that now here are a couple of food for thoughts why would you save money when the government and the fed are printing money you wake up every single day slaving for dollars that they just print out of thin air And so you can wrap around your head around taxes. Know that the government is your silent partner. And they show up once a year. The author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad was there again, Robert Kiyosaki. He said that the problem with free education is that it's very expensive. So, so good. He also said that if teachers were smart, they would be rich. (laughs) He also said, my banker never asked me for my report card. I think he was a C student. (laughs) And we all know how successful he is today. The overall agreement throughout the summit, uh, this is one thing that everyone agreed on is that stagflation is happening right now stagflation is a persistent high inflation and a relatively high unemployment so how many times over the last couple of months have you bought something and realized that the price for that went up and then you thought to yourself but my salary didn't go up that's stagflation now on to even more fun things The way that Rich Dad thinks and acts and the whole Robert Kiyosaki thing and these real estate people think is to turn your liabilities into assets. This was mind-expanding for me. I loved this. So all of the fun expenses have to make money. Your thought process should always be What am I going to get in order to pay for X or what am I going to do to pay for X? For example, Ken McElroy, he is a big time multifamily investor. He has about a billion dollars worth of real estate and he was also there. He wanted to buy a Ferrari. Obviously, he has all the money that he needs, but he still said, what can I purchase that will pay for the Ferrari? So he ended up purchasing a piece of land that had a billboard in it. The piece of land cost $300,000. The billboard was making $40,000 a year. What he did was he created an easement on the billboard section and an easement basically means that you can use that part of the land for as long as you want or however long he decided. So he put an easement there and he sold the land for (laughs) $300,000. So now he has $40,000 of free income, free and clear that is taking care of his Ferrari. Another beautiful example, Kim Kiyosaki. She wanted to buy an airplane, by the way, I also want an airplane in case any of you have one. Um, So she ended up buying an airplane and the entire purchase can be deducted plus all of the expenses of the airplane and not only that they are chartering the airplane when they're not using it so the plane is either going to be free or they will be making money off it and you can do the same thing with a boat or whatever else imagine that so to put this in a real life context Here's an example that I just thought about when I was planning a vacation right after I came back from the summit. So I'm thinking of going to Europe for two or three weeks. And when I put that mindset to work, I remember that a couple of years ago, I looked into renting a castle in France and I wanted to share that with friends and I wanted people to share the whole castle. And so I thought, why not Get the castle. By the way, castle is not uh, very expensive, guys, to rent. So why not rent the castle, share with incredible people that I want to spend time with, charge a little bit more than what I'm paying, cover the whole price of the trip, and then get to spend time with amazing people. And when you start thinking like that, you're going to start to have more and more ideas. Okay, moving on to... Ken McElroy, he was sharing the exact numbers on how you can make infinite returns. He put it on a whiteboard and I'm going to put this chart on the blog post so you guys can visualize it, but I'm going to explain it to you guys on the podcast. So he gave an example of a property that they had purchased. The price was $19 million. They got a loan for $15 million. So the equity was four million dollars. That was basically what they had to raise from the investors. The net operating income was seven hundred thousand dollars. The mortgage payment was four hundred thousand dollars, and so the cash flow was three hundred thousand dollars. So seven hundred k minus four hundred k. As the years go by, you increase rent every single year, and so at year three. Because they increased the rent every single year, the property was worth $25 million because, again, it's tied to the cap rate. So, cap rate is um, your NOI divided by the price of the property. And the valuation of the property at year three was $25 million because they had increased the rent over the years. And so, they got a new loan for $20 million which means that they were able to return the whole four million dollars from their investors. So they are left with a million dollars of NOI. The mortgage payment now it's more because they, their loan is not 15. It's 20 million now. So the mortgage went from 400k to 700k. and the cash flow is 300k. So the cash flow is the exact same as year one. However, they return all of the money to the investors and this is called infinite return. And now if you continue this at year 5, they're still raising the rents every single year. That property is now worth $37 million. They got a new loan of $25 million and he said don't ever max out on as much loan as you can get, just in case something happens. So you want to leave more, a little more equity at that point in time. You're still on that infinite return. Now your net operating income is $1.4 million. The mortgage payment, again, went up a bit. is $1 million instead of the $700. And now their cash flow is $400K. So they finally increase from 300 to 400k cash flow and if they keep the property they can keep increasing rents, taking money out, refinancing, buying new properties and this is how they are doing it. Moving on to some strategies of purchasing real estate with no money down and I have already interviewed a few people on this subject so zero money down real estate purchasing is 100% possible. You just have to find a way and there are many ways to do it. So here are some new ways that we haven't talked about. You can get money from most major credit cards with zero fees for 10 months. What are some things that you can buy that will start cash flowing in 10 months? You can get a down payment for a short-term rental You can actually make an agreement with an apartment owner pay them a normal straightforward rent and you can rent that unit as an airbnb that's zero money down another way is to ask your bank for lines of credit and every six months you ask for an increase on your line of credit you can pre-sell a product to create income So this could be anything that you know how to do and you might not have a product ready for it yet. You can start pre-selling it at a discount before it's even ready. I met a 21-year-old that owns 30 units with zero money down and uh, he's going to come on to the podcast and explain exactly how he did, but (laughs) it is possible even if you have zero experience other tips don't ask when should i get started ask how can i get started and i have experienced this so many times this is why you know as we age we get wise because you start to see trends and you start to see stories repeating themselves but i have seen people tell for example my sister don't buy this property back in uh, 2008 because they thought it was super expensive at that time and quote unquote, the market is going to crash. And obviously maybe the market crashed for a bit, but uh, where I live, it barely crashed. And so regardless, even if she had bought at that time, it would have been worth two or three times as much today. This happens over and over again. I speak with people that bought homes in silicon valley in the 50s even then the prices were for their times very expensive and people should have waited to buy homes at that time were 50 to 70 thousand dollars and today they are (laughs) two to three million dollars and so you should always ask how can i get started instead of when should i get started which It's a little contradiction on some of the things that I've been sharing with you guys in the past with regards to you make money when you buy, not when you sell. So just be wise about what you buy and if something were to happen to the economy so that you can ride that recession for a couple of years and you have enough savings to take care of it. So this is the mindset. Again, don't think When should I get started? Think, how can I get started? Another thing is that even very successful people still get nervous when buying properties. Ken McElroy said it himself on stage. He said that he still gets nervous when he closes on a deal. (laughs) If he gets nervous, we are also gonna get nervous and it's all perfectly normal. All right, now I want to move into some really, really, really cool real estate strategies that I've learned that week. There is this guy somewhere in Arizona that decided to donate a huge piece of land to the city so the city could build a stadium. But guess what? He kept all of the land around the stadium. And he made millions and millions and millions of dollars with that donation. So smart. Buy two properties that are next to each other so that you can combine operations and expenses and increase net operating income. Therefore, you increase the value of your properties right off the gate. One thing they always say is for you to purchase about five to 10% of your net worth in gold, just in case something crazy happens to the world. If you are like me, you're thinking that gold isn't producing any income, so I'll just purchase stocks or real estate instead. But the good news that I learned is that um, there are firms that will loan against gold and silver at a rate of prime plus two points. What you need to keep in mind is that if gold or silver goes down in value, the firm that landed you that money will ask for you to come up with a difference. So when that happens, another strategy around that is that you can just buy more gold at that time because gold will go up later either way. Brilliant so the final final thoughts what are some things that you can do today besides all of these incredible ideas and what are some things that you should start doing today number one you need to create a trust before the end of the year so make sure that you get your cpa and an attorney together to put your trust in place you should read the minutes of the fed they put them out three weeks after each meeting you should have all of your employees or partners uh, take the disc profile test and I'm going to put um, test link under show notes if you want to start learning about you know where the world could possibly be going (laughs) uh, you should sign up for the Simon Black newsletter And that's easily found online. And you should also start learning about the repo market. George Gammon was also there, and uh, he is an entrepreneur that exited. He was retired, and he decided to start learning about the economy. And he is posting videos on YouTube explaining everything in very clear and detailed points on a whiteboard, and uh, his YouTube videos are way better than talking to him in person because everything that he told me, I did not understand anything, however, I watched some of his videos and it's <laughs> a lot clearer on the YouTube videos with a whiteboard, so if you want to learn where you know the country could possibly be going and some things that could possibly be happening, that's another good resource for you. I hope that this was super helpful to you guys. These were all of my notes for the event. Again, nothing beats being there and spending time with people and growing your network. These are just strategies that obviously we we can all put in place. But as we all know, we don't go places by ourselves. We get there with people. And all of these people are so wonderful and they're so helpful. And I can literally pick up the phone and call any of them. And so I highly recommend meeting people in person. And um, hopefully I will meet you guys in person soon. And I will see you next time.